Principles for Your Week is brought to you by Christendom College and sponsored by our Principled Society members. Watch this episode and learn more about our free classes at GetPrinciples.com. Greetings from Christendom College here in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. You know, the 20th century had a number of things that were very difficult to work through, all the horrible world wars. But one of the great things that happened in the 20th century was a very strong and vibrant revival and interest in Thomistic philosophy. Leo XIII, that brilliant pontiff with his great encyclical letter, Eterni Patris, reawakened an interest in the golden wisdom of St. Thomas Aquinas. And subsequent pontiffs picked that up. Pius XI did, St. Paul VI did, and especially St. John Paul II in his great encyclicals such as Fides et Ratio, and also in Veritatis Splendor as well. And time and time again, the church in her magisterium, even in the ecumenical councils, have spoken about the importance of the scholastic method and mentioned by name the great teaching and the great doctor Thomas Aquinas. But what are some of the things that make Aquinas so magnificent for us and so important for us today? Well, one of the big things is he is the champion of bringing and setting forth the universal principles of faith and reason that faith and reason need to be brought together in a fruitful exchange. And there is no real hostility or opposition between sound faith, authentic faith, and authentic science, or authentic use of natural reason. The two are to be brought together in a fruitful synthesis. In the crisis of the 13th century, there was this thought, well, there could be a truth of faith, and a truth of reason, and they don't necessarily have to go together, like there could be two truths independent of each other. Thomas opposed that and said, no, there is always going to be a union. Truth is, in fact, one. And Thomas, with his teaching, avoid, avoided two great dangers that can often happen to us in our intellectual and spiritual life. We can fall into naturalism, or we can fall into fideism. And naturalism sort of says, well, Faith is not important, there's no certitude there, so let's just use only what reason can find out. But reason, when left on its own, is not always a sound guide and can fall into a type of rationalism where it rules out a whole element of reality. Fideism, on the other hand, can be that situation where we don't accept reason and we don't accept science and we lapse into the faith just as an act of emotion or sentiment. And that does not do justice to the concrete reality all right, and the, and the fundamental rationality that is found in faith. Thomas guards us and warns us against both of those. In addition to that, he had a great respect for the past and for those who labored, for Plato, for Aristotle, but for all of the fathers of the church. And in a very real sense, he seems to have inherited all of their wisdom. And he accepts what is good and true, and he baptizes anything that he can, even what was found in pagan philosophy, or in the writing of some of the Arabic philosophers. <clears throat> so it's a beautiful thing to see. And then in addition, he was a deep man of prayer. He was a saint. And he never saw any opposition between his work as a teacher, as a lecturer, as a philosopher, and being a Catholic priest. Tremendous devotion to the Eucharist, tremendous devotion to daily prayer. And for all those reasons, we need to imitate him, particularly in our academic life, but in our spiritual and our intellectual life as well. So how can we do this? Well, there are three books that I'd like to recommend to you today. 
One is more philosophic, the other really gives you much more of a sense of Thomas's life. The first one is a book by Joseph Pieper, a great German Thomist, very accessible. He wrote a book called The Four Cardinal Virtues, where he uses St. Thomas, and he talks about prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, those great virtues on which so much of life virtue hinges upon. That's why they're called the cardinal virtues, cardo, the hinge. But he writes about Thomas's great insight, and boy, do we need those virtues in our life today. The other one that I would strongly recommend is a book by G.K. Chesterton called The Dumb Ox. It's a book he wrote on the life and the thought of St. Thomas. But it's interesting to note that Etienne Gilson, a brilliant Thomistic philosopher, said that that book written by Chesterton was the finest book he had ever read on St. Thomas, something he had written on all his life, but Chesterton did it better than he ever could have done. And it's very accessible, so I strongly urge you to take a look at The Dumb Ox by G.K. Chesterton, a great work. And lastly, Louis de Wool wrote a great book on the life of St. Thomas called The Quiet Light. And it's a beautiful story, historically accurate, and what I recommend, go to Ignatius Press. All of these books can be found on the Ignatius Press website. Take the time, and like the church always says, Ite ad Tomas, go to Thomas. Thanks for being with us today, and may God bless you. Thanks for listening. Amidst a culture that attacks our faith and heritage, Principles and Christendom College help Catholics to know, live, and share their Catholic faith. Together, we can spread the light of truth to help renew the church, the family, and the culture. Support this and other free and faithful Catholic content at getprinciples.com support.